Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. And I'm excited to welcome to the program Nobel Prize nominated doctor, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? Thank you for your service. How are you? I'm doing great, you know, and uh, very excited uh, again to uh, discuss a topic that I think is very important. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty good just taking care of patients and uh, another great day. Yeah, we don't want to go through this whole vaccine thing. We're seeing the spreads happening. But what you always think, uh, Dr. Hall, is just, you know, people are going to get COVID again. And you're seeing it in the emergency rooms. And you're a big fan of having some way to treat it, especially when there's some people that are unvaccinated out there and different things, or they need treatment, even if they've had the vaccine with this new variant. So explain. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the choice to get vaccinated is a, is a personal choice. And it's a, it's a choice that you have as a citizen of the United States. And there are going to be a lot of people who choose not to get vaccinated. And that's their, their own personal preference. Uh, what this comes down to is treatment. And we know from the data that is shown now that people who are vaccinated um, with the mRNA vaccines are still, be, are still getting infected at high numbers. And um, uh, some of those infections are leading to hospitalizations and death. And so we can say that that is occurring in people who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. What we need to start talking about, I think, is the treatment for people who are affected with uh, mutations of the COVID-19 virus. Those mutations uh, can include strains such as the Delta strain, the new emerging Lambda strain, and uh, uh, future strains that we know are going to come. And we know that as these mutations occur, uh, the effectiveness of the mRNA vaccines go down. And so really what we need to talk about is treatment. Yeah, it's important to talk about treatment, Dr. Hall. You brought a great point about it because even with the vaccine, people are going through some symptoms, right? And uh, I don't know how many have died that have had the vaccine with COVID, but it's always good to talk about treatment because half the country is not vaccinated and the world definitely is not vaccinated. So there has to be other options if you can track this contract COVID. Exactly. And I think that we can learn some lessons from 21 countries uh, around the world who actually uh, use ivermectin and uh, have seen uh, that the um, hospitalizations decrease, the death rate decreases, and really uh, understanding the science behind how this works is what's important. And so we know that uh, the spike protein, we know that the peripheral aspect of that spike protein, we know that the structure changes as uh, the mutations increase. And so as we go from, uh, say, alpha to delta to lambda, the structure at the end of that spike protein changes. And therefore, any antibody that is made to the spike protein uh, which is what the mRNA vaccines do, any antibody that is made to the spike protein, uh, the fit for that antibody uh, with the spike protein uh, will become less effective. Again, as the peripheral structure of that protein changes from mutations, the antibodies that are generated from the mRNA vaccines will not be effective. 
And so uh, we need um, a plan and we need a, a, a treatment uh, regimen or drugs that will be effective. And so um, what I propose is uh, that we start using ivermectin. We know that uh, that particular drug, the ivermectin, we know that that actually is a competitive inhibitor at, at what's called the ACE2 receptor in the human cell. Now, what does that mean? What that means is that the ivermectin molecule sits right there at the receptor site, blocking the spike protein from coming into the receptor site. It blocks the whole site. So no matter what the spike protein looks like, no matter what mutation occurs at that end of the spike protein, it will not be able to sit in the receptor and bind to the human cell because the huge ivermectin molecule is there blocking it. When that occurs, it decreases the viral load um, uh, in the patient, and therefore the patient uh, cannot transmit the virus as well, therefore spread is less. And so what we find is that ivermectin uh, decreases the spread of the virus, decreases the viral load in the patient, and therefore decreases the infections, the hospitalizations, and therefore decreases the death. And so I think this is what we need to talk about um, as scientists, uh, we don't need to put out news bulletins uh, and pit vaccinated against unvaccinated. That will get us nowhere um, you know, as a country. We need to focus on treatment. We need to have um, uh, not news anchors uh, putting out bulletins about vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Again, we need to have scientists, doctors, the CDC, uh, NIH, and people uh, with scientific knowledge talk about the mechanism of how this medicine works and what we're seeing around 21 countries around the world. It's important because I'm going to go into a good medical question. What is the, what are the side effects of using that drug, ivermectin? Exactly. So, you know, uh, that, and that's the thing. The, the side effects um, of using ivermectin uh, again, you have the common ones, uh, and they're not very many. You have the simple things such as rash, nausea, puritis. We also see uh, in the conjunctiva of the eyes, in the sclera of the eyes, you may see um, uh, uh, redding or erythema, which is another side effect. But there, really, you don't see any major side effects of that medication. It's very safe. It's been around uh, for many, many years. And again, it's being used in 21 countries which is millions of people uh, uh, very successfully. So um, I think we need to uh, focus our treatment um, and discussions on how uh, to protect the American public and not uh, putting vaccinated against unvaccinated, uh, talking about um, uh, passes, you know, uh, having, you can't get into a, a, a theater or store or movie or if you're not vaccinated, you know, that just creates animosity uh, um, amongst two populations and it really has no place in the effective treatment of a deadly disease. Right. Because there's going to be people that don't think the vaccine and we don't want to talk about the effectiveness or not effectiveness of the vaccine. People that just don't want to take it because it's an experimental drug and they don't know where it's going. Well, ivermectin is, as you said, less side effects than the current vaccine, which is the vaccine is potentially more of a prophylactic versus 
it helps you not, it's not really a vaccine. It's more just really kind of decreasing the, the, the virus in certain ways, the, how bad it is in certain ways, but let's kind of go into the cost. We've all been pushing HCQ from the beginning till it got thrown off because, uh, and that cost is very inexpensive as ivermectin as inexpensive as, um, as the, as, uh, HCQ. Is hydrochloroquine. Exactly. And that's what we find is that it's a very inexpensive uh, medication. Uh, and again, that's why it's uh, been high distributed in, in countries that sometimes are considered third world countries. Um, and, uh, and so the cost, yeah, the, the cost is um, also uh, something we're very excited about. But um, I think more, more importantly is that we need to look at data. We need to look at the uh, millions of people, okay, from 21 countries who have uh, been treated with this, this medication um, from places, uh, again, we discussed uh, India, we discussed uh, Mexico City, we discussed uh, uh, Brazil, all these different parts of the world, okay, where this medication is being used in small doses, okay? Not even in higher doses, they'll be more effective. Some of the doses that they were using in these countries were 12 milligrams for something like two days. And even with that small, uh, small dose regimen, uh, it was extremely effective. And so this is what it comes down to. And this is what the choice that lies uh, before America is that uh, if we become 100% vaccinated, the full population in America becomes 100% vaccinated, how are we going to treat those people who still become infected with a mutated strain of the COVID-19 virus? How will we treat those people? Once the vaccine fails for those individuals, and it will, and they end up in hospitalizations, and we end up, uh, the deaths increase, because again, we know that there's going to be mutations and we know that as mutations occur, the outbreaks will occur. As the outbreaks occur, it will be due to the fact that there has been a change in the peripheral aspect of the spike protein that is no longer neutralized by antibodies for the M, from, the, from the mRNA uh, vaccine. And we have to have an effective treatment. So that is the question that lies before us. What will we treat uh, these individuals with? Should our population become 100% vaccinated, theoretically, again, you're still going to have deaths, uh, hospitalization, and what are we going to do about treatment? That's the ultimate question, and that's why I like to see this argument uh, go. Uh, let's talk about treatment. Yeah, definitely. Let's do that. Yeah, just let's talk about it. Would you want to kind of go into the, the treatment? Go ahead. Let's talk about the treatment, Chris. Right. Yeah. And so, and so really that, 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 that would be the treatment. The treatment would be, um, again, having, uh, ivermectin kits or packs available for, uh, patients who become, uh, positive, who have positive tests and who have severe symptoms from the mutated, uh, strains of the of the COVID-19 virus. And this is the, this is what we're not talking about in the media. This is what we're not talking about on the major news stations. Yeah, we're not. Uh, yeah, we, and, and, and yeah, we're not talking about and, treatment. And, we're not mentioning even the name ivermectin. The word, the name ivermectin won't even come out on the major news stations. You don't hear it. Um, and the reason why is because the people who um, 
are producing uh, these vaccines in mass quantities, uh, they want to just talk about the vaccine. They don't want to talk about medicine truly, which is treatment of illness. Um, we can talk about, again, people being vaccinated. We can vaccinate 100% of the population, but that will not stop deaths from mutations from COVID-19 virus. And so, again, um, treatment uh, with ivermectin, which is a medication which is, again, being used in 21 uh, countries around the world, uh, and um, yeah, that, that um, it's crazy. We have it's great. Uh, yeah, tons of data. Yeah. When do you? When should you start taking it? Once you have a receive a positive test, or you have to have certain more symptoms. Well, there's a, a number of regimens, um, and people can take the medication uh, for a preventive situation. Again, if you expect you're going to be in an environment where there are people who are COVID positive. Uh, you're going to go to that environment. There's a uh, preventive uh, regimen of the medication you can take. Now, there's also a regimen of the medication you can take for an acute illness. And um, and so um, that would be the person's choice, you know, um, whoever, um, once they, um, you know, once they discuss that with their doctor, um, they'd make a choice of what regimen they'd want to take. Uh, and so the, those are the main things. So again, it has to be early because, uh, again, it's part of the an early treatment regimen that has shown, again, uh, reductions in hospitalizations, reductions in infections, and then guess what? Your own immune system will create the antibodies that you need against that variant of the COVID-19 virus that infects you. That is what your immune system is designed for. Your immune system will create proteins that are called antibodies that will neutralize any mutation uh, of the uh, spike protein. And then you will be treated with ivermectin uh, to reduce your viral load and to reduce your chance of transmitting uh, this deadly virus uh, to another human being. And so that's the logical approach. And again, I'm not sure why we're not using that approach here in the United States. Exactly. Okay. So based on that, where do you see COVID? Let's not talk vaccine versus not vaccine. When do you think finally we're going to reach herd immunity and you're going to see no more COVID? You know, that's a very um, good question. And um, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I really cannot give you an answer on that so far as time-wise when we would reach um, herd immunity. I wouldn't be able to give you an answer for that one. So um, based on, but what I can based tell on you, decisions, right? And worldwide, it's going to take forever. It's going to be a long time to come. Exactly. Exactly. It, it certainly is something that is going to take uh, a while. What we've seen with other other illnesses, um, and again, it's, it's particularly unpredictable. However, what is predictable is um, reduction in severe infection, reduction in hospitalizations, and reduction in death when we use appropriate doses of ivermectin to treat COVID-19 and the various mutations that occur from this virus. Okay, so great. And best place we can connect, Dr. Christopher Hall, check him out, different places, the Dr. Christopher Hall Show as well. 
Uh, it's, it's something that we're going to have to see, but Dr. Hall's fighting COVID. And again, as a Nobel prize nominated, nominated doctor, he is really dealing with the fight of COVID. We kind of jump into these different topics sometimes in the summer, looking forward to some major guests coming, some more boxers coming. Uh, we had a really good time, but you guys got to just go ahead and like, and share his shows. And definitely share this information because this information is very, very important because Dr. Hall is fighting for us every day, but he would rather not have to be treating patients that have chosen not to take a vaccine or take the vaccine by just getting them on a medication that's going to keep them out of the hospital and better for the long run. So we appreciate your, your time, Dr. Hall. Thanks for coming by. Well, no problem. Thank you, Neil. All right. That was the Dr. Christopher Hall Show. Take care, guys. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Light and Morning Podcast. I'm excited about program Margo Lemmark. Margo, how are you? And uh, we're in August. Can you believe it? I, I, I don't oh, I can't it. believe it, Neil. Oh, my God. It's almost going to be winter again. <laughs> no, no, we're not talking about that. There's never, winter is never going to happen, right? Because okay, good, right. never, we're just going to stay in August forever because we want to live in a place where we can go hang out. So let's just hope that. There you uh, go. Okay. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> but we, we're going to stay positive. We're going to stay positive. It's going to be August. Okay. Eternal forever. August. Okay. Eternal <laughs> August. I like it. So today's yeah. day, we're going to continue to talk about light in the morning and uh, we're going to go into, I mean, some of these powerful things from mediums to just things that just, you're like, oh my gosh, this really happened. And it happened to you, Margo. And now we're going to talk about your dog so we didn't think oh, we that i know much, but it all it talks about always these memories are such an important thing for sure yes yes well okay yeah we've talked about mediums we've talked about miracles and we're gonna go back a little bit to mediums <laughs> because um you know all all of my stories about are about communicating with the person who has died and of course, the story, the message that we get when people die, it comes from your life with them. And so this is another one. And this is the interesting thing, Neil. It's about a dog. You know, so many people think that dogs are just dogs or something, but they're, they're as real a being and probably more sensitive and aware even a being than we are as humans. And that's kind of the point of this story. Um, I had a dog named Casey. She, I used to call her my human dog because she really seemed, I don't know if you've ever had a dog, but she just seemed like she was human rather than animal, you know? And, um, she was just fine. She was, she was 13. She was running around healthy as could be. She did have a little tumor, but it didn't affect her ever. Well, one day she had a seizure and suddenly everything changed. And, 
all my friends saw her and said, Margo, you've got to put Casey down. And I'm like, put Casey down. <laughs> I mean, she just had a seizure, you know, it just came up so suddenly. And, you know, Neil, I'm not one of these people who feel like I can make that decision to put my dog down. I, yeah. I feel like that's God's decision, you know, not mine. And I don't have any judgment about somebody else doing it at all because dogs are lucky they get to be put down. They don't have to suffer like we do. But I just somehow within myself, I don't feel like I have that ability to make that decision. So all my friends are calling me saying, you've got to put her down. You've got to put her down. And, and I was having these long crying conversations with my friends and my family and everybody. And, and then one day it was so interesting. I called Emerald, my animal communicator friend, and she talked to Casey and Casey said, well, it would be easier if you did give me some help, but only if it's easy for you. She said, make a balanced decision, ask Steve. And Steve, Steve's a lawyer, so she knows how balanced he is. <laughs> she knew that. And I still couldn't do it. And then what happened was I, we were sitting on the couch and all of a sudden she had this horrific seizure. It, it, I mean, it was so bad. Her eyes started receding. Her, she, everything changed in her, even in her physical body. It was very, very intense. I can't even describe it. It was so awful to experience. And with that really horrific experience, I picked up the phone and I called the vet and I said, you've got to come immediately. Casey is not going to be Casey anymore. And, you know, she was just gone as Casey, if you know what I mean. That seizure was so bad. And I hung up the phone. The woman said she'd be here in an hour. And so I told Steve, we've got one hour with Casey. And we were holding her and petting her and, wow. and holding her. Both of us were holding her so she wouldn't have another seizure, you know. And she was having little tiny seizures, but we were holding her. And, you know, she had just told Emerald in this conversation prior to this happening that she was going to probably die on her own in about two days. And, um, you know, it would be easier if we put her down, but otherwise she'll go in two days. And so then after she had that seizure, after I called the vet, she started going into this breathing pattern and people who die go into this breathing pattern. I can't remember what they call it. It's some kind of breath. I, I'm forgetting the name of it. Immediately, she started going into that. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's dying right now. <sighs> and so then she she did. She died within about 20 minutes of that phone call. Oh, my. And yeah. And here's the thing, Neil. She heard every one of those conversations. She knew I did not. I could not make that decision to put her down. She did not want me to go through that. So she forced herself out of her body two days early because she just said she was going to go naturally in two days. She forced herself out of her body in 20 minutes so that I did not have to go through that. Isn't that amazing? You know, yeah. it's like people think that dogs aren't aware. They're completely, completely aware. Yes. Um, and, I, you know, I said to Steve immediately, I said, I made the call because he didn't want me to blame him for making that decision, oh, yeah. you know. And then all of a sudden she did that. And, and it was really just such an incredible thing. Um, I mean, it was just so sad and everything. But then after that, I called Emerald and I asked, I asked Casey through Emerald what the experience of her death was like. 
And she told me um, when she was describing her experience that she said that when I called the vet, it gave her a surge of energy. Before the call, she was worried that she didn't have enough energy to really pass on and it was going to take a long time. But my call gave her a relief and a renewed energy to go immediately. And then she was on her way. And she explained how she went into darkness for a little tiny while. And then she saw some light and she ran toward that light. Um, And then she was out of her body and she was free. Isn't that interesting? She told she told Emerald that it's because I made that call that she went quickly so that I wouldn't have to go through that. All the suffering. <laughs> so they, they think. And then how about the memory? After? And they hear. Yeah. yeah. After, hmm? after uh, the passing, what memories? Did you get any other signs that happened? Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, absolutely. Then she said, because this was a couple, this was several days later, right? And she said um, she loved the funeral, the, the service that we gave for her. Um, she said she remembered, she was trying to show Emerald what, um, what, was, what she loved the most. And Emerald said, all I can say is it's something really shiny and blingy and beautiful. Well, we, we put her in her grave and every, we put her toys in with her and everything. And we went around the circle and everybody, you know, said something about Casey and we laughed and we cried. And, and then at the end, my friend Cindy threw these glittery stars all over her, just, just different colors of gold and silver and blue and all these glittery stars. And she said that was her favorite part. She remembered that, you know, and then, so, so that's really cool. I mean, she was, she was there when she was dying and she died early because of me. After she died, she was very present right there at the memorial service. And then she went on to talk about her life with Steve and I and how much she loved it. And she even told us some of the things she loved the most. And what's interesting is Emerald, the communicator, she doesn't know us from Adam. So she didn't know anything to say. It all came through Casey. Isn't that interesting? Oh, my goodness. And it's just. Yeah, so they're right there. Yeah. And then it's, it's something that's just spectacular to know that we can go back to our loved ones that have passed on to get information from them afterwards to hear what they're really thinking in the afterlife. It's, Isn't that incredible? It truly is. I know. It's, it's phenomenal because that's what my whole book is about, are all these other people, the people that came to me. And now we have this beautiful dog that came to me and, and just just expressed you know, how she felt about her whole life and expressed about her death. She told us the whole experience of her death. I mean, really incredible stuff. And that's why that was such an important uh, chapter to include because we have so many animal lovers, you know, on this planet. And it's so important for them to realize that their dogs are hearing everything they say. They're aware. (laughs) It's very cool. No, it's, it's so cool. And, uh, I'm glad we were hearing this information again. We're with Margaret Lemmark on Light of the Morning podcast. And uh, that just blows me away to know that animals can speak to us through uh, psychic mediums and be able to really understand what they're thinking and feeling and how they understand people. Wow. Exactly. Isn't that something? And Neil, guess what? You know, we just put our dog down recently and she just started coming to me with 
I know. Thank you. It's, it's been just, it's just been really very sad experience and heartbreaking. And do you know what? She's coming to me and giving me messages. I'm writing them down. So I'm writing another book because she's giving me all kinds of messages. She's going to write another book. So we did, that's the news. When's that? So this is the thing I think that, uh, Margo, and we'll talk off air as well. I mean, I think that you're talking about pets. My gosh, that's going to be unbelievable. Yes. And I asked Bindi, I said, is this a book? Is this a book for um, only for animal people? And she says, that's the easiest way to communicate because, you, you know, and then she gave me this impulse. It's like, you know, if, if, if I tell a person, yeah, my dad came back to me and gave me a message. They're like, oh, my God, you're crazy. But if I say, yeah, my dog came back and told me this, they'll go, really, what'd they say? <laughs> you know, we believe it from dogs, but we don't believe it from people. So she said, that's the easiest way to communicate. So just give all my messages. And it can be about a dog book. So people will actually pick it up and read it and realize a whole bunch about life. And she's telling me all kinds of stuff, Neil. So we're going to, we're it's going to take a while to get this book out, but it's coming. It's coming together. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, and that we'll have to talk about that, but go check out right now, the book you can purchase by going to lightinthemorning.com right now, purchase her book. We've been talking about different chapters, but you got to read the book and you have to understand it and check it out and really have those conversations. When we lose loved ones, especially through different things, we can still have conversations with them. Their life doesn't pass. And more and more, we're learning this by going through this book. So I appreciate it, Margo. And we'll talk soon. Okay, wonderful. Thanks a lot, Neil. All right. That was the Light and Morning Podcast, guys. Take care. Please listen to the Forletta Podcast. Larry Forletta, a retired DEA agent turned private investigator, will bring you true life stories on the war on drugs with some of the most infamous international drug traffickers of all time, to name a few, Pablo Escobar, Manuel Noriega, Joaquin Guzman, aka El Chapo, and other related real life crime stories such as Waco. For more information, please visit his website at www.fcisllc.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. I'm excited to welcome the program Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, somehow, like when everyone was taking their masks off a couple months ago, and you said, don't invest in indoor stadiums. Don't be so to the point this pandemic's over. We're sitting here now where they're pushing, saying that we're about to be come like India in the fact that we're going to have a serious pandemic that's going to shut down this country and the whole world as it's now coming out all over the world, this variant. I got you. Well, um, one of the big changes that happened is that we said last year that in intramuscular vaccines, which almost all of them were intramuscular at that point, they had a few nasal research ones, they had some oral ones, but all the intramuscular vaccines were not excellent at stopping mucosal multiplication. And if you have it multiplying, let's say you get vaccinated with an IM shot, and you get it growing on your lung surface, which is a huge lung surface because you need to absorb oxygen. So you have a huge surface to grow it on. 
And then you speak, you are going to spread that, that, that virus. It's going to go up to your mouth and you're going to turn positive. La-di-da. Okay. Um, <laughs> True. However, what most people were told was, if you are a goody two shoes, if you believe your government and not only just believe your government, believe the commentator picked out for you by, by the big commercial media companies. Yes. The commercial media companies, they didn't go to people like me. No. You know, a lot of times you'll look at me, look, my hair's not great. I don't spend an hour prepping. I don't spend two minutes prepping. I mean, I've run a comb through my hair one time. I'm not wearing a thousand dollar suit in front of Congress like Fauci. I'm not, this is not spit and polish. And this is just, I want to be judged based on the truth of my statements. Exactly. That, that's how you should, you know, what you should judge me on and really what you should judge Fauci on. How truthful were his statements? Now, Fauci won't actually state a lot. Fauci's pretty smart. He lets other people take information and twist it and spin it. And then they get the talk show host on the Today Show. And then you're told you're a bad person because you wouldn't get an experimental vaccine. Exactly. And you didn't, you didn't, you weren't drinking the Kool-Aid. There was something wrong with you. Well, I had a conversation had... with my mother and it was a big argument. But, but... And I talked to her and she told me flat out, you're not getting the vaccine. And I said, because I have, I have inside information. I know what's happening. I've been studying this with my experts and yeah. I have two options. One, if I do get COVID after I've already probably had COVID. I, Mark, you, you heard all the symptoms and how I was feeling awful then I got some inhalers and recovered and was fine after a couple of days um, that um, and my wife had it that uh, I learned from this process that guess what? I am, I have my own built-in vaccine right now going in. Well, you know, here's my issue with you, Neil. Look, if you're meeting a lot of people, uh, number one, I think you're in Pennsylvania or someplace. Yeah, like but I'm, I'm still, I'm, I stay away from people still. So. I got you. But, um, I don't want to stay away from people. And yet I want to have an immune system so that when they exhale live virus and I inhale it, I don't have any long-term serious symptoms and I don't spread. It was well known that the fastest way to stop the spread of that virus was to get an actual infection. And within 14 days, 99.9% .9 of the people do not spread. Yes. So if I wanted to say, I just want to save everybody else and not care about myself, I would have gone straight to huffing and inhaling from positive COVID people. I didn't do that. Okay. Instead, I, I took it to my intestines intestinal tract and that developed an outstanding immunity now when i inhale i don't have any symptoms i don't spread i don't turn positive and that's with the new highly transmissible variant well we now, saw you that, swallow it two weeks ago on this program yes and yes. so was that so hard to understand i mean when you see somebody swallowing it in front of you they're not having any symptoms it's live virus is that really all that difficult to gather? No, and not you at all. wonder why the CD, I don't wonder. 
once money begins to enter these equations and once bureaucracies, bureaucracies by them very selves tend to stick with known proven ideas. They, when I, when they actually tried, were considering listening, going that path down at the uh, Operation Warp Speed, somebody in the group said, that's gross. That's too different than what we're doing already. Uh, that doesn't, that's, that's not where the big farm, that's where, not where the big pharma money is. We want to save the world with our wonderful uh, new high technology vaccines, mRNA. That's what got done. That's what got heard. And, you know, it's not about truth. Um, in the Old Testament, I think it was Naaman was, there was an old guy and he was told to dip seven times in the River Jordan. You ever heard of that story? Yes. And he goes down and he dips seven times in the River Jordan and his leprosy's gone. You know, eating live virus is not real popular, okay? And it is gross. And we, we as people, we don't like people that spit on our food. It's the idea that they would spit but on you, our food. But, but you're, you've developed it in a way that's capsule too. Yes, right? you can put it in a capsule. You, you, can, you can put it in a capsule, but that accidental exposure is really what gave most people an exposure during the pandemic because they were eating food that had it on, on their plates, on their spoons, on their forks, on exactly. their knives. The death rate in the last two weeks is actually going down. That's right. The death rate, remember I talked about the death rate in Missouri about a month ago? Right. That death rate is, is bottomed out, even though Missouri, probably 60 to 80 percent. They don't they don't want the hospitals over flooded with patients. OK, now now let me tell you how that worked. They come out with some experimental antivirals. And while the CDC is considering it, you know what they considered? OK, we get to pay for a hospitalization and we can tell people that they're not on vents, but God knows they must be almost dead because they're in the hospital. Yeah. Doesn't that sound real peachy keen? Because these show me pictures of how many people are on, intubated, on intubation machines in the U.S. It's not the same intubation numbers. It's not the same ventilator numbers. The ventilator numbers are down. Intubation numbers are down. Now people do go to the hospital and, and they get uh, they they get uh, the, the antiviral treatments and they get observed, and that is partly because the hospital get paid to do it. You know, if 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 somebody's going to pay me a thousand dollars a day or two thousand dollars a day, uh, I might be tempted to hey, you want to come by? I'll give you some antivirals too. And Everybody this is different, this is different than ivermectin. This, yes. this is not ivermectin or I do. No, no. But you know, you've got to be, the CDC is a, um, is highly influenced by big pharma. Right. So what do you think that, let's say the portion of the United States that doesn't want to take the vaccine rebels against this whole thing and goes after big pharma can that potentially happen a revolution in this country if they're forcing people to take a vaccine like in canada let's go can are we sharing our screen oh, i gave you the ability to share screen so okay go hold on i'm going i'm going to pop this thing out here okay. because this is 
Do you see, do you see this screen now? Not yet. I'll let you know when it's there. But we're again, we're talking here to Dr. Mark Hayden here on the COVID-19 vaccine show, the number one vaccine show on the planet Earth uh, since what started as Mark is going and doing this. And now we are looking at events, everything that we thought we were not going to do. But my concern is, and Mark has predicted this, that Dr. Mark has predicted this as he's going to show us the screen, is that we are going to go to lockdown again because, again, the Republicans are not in control of anything states that you're going to see a lockdown in the next two months if it spreads. But Mark's prediction is that it's not going to be enough of this. But let's go ahead and see what he has right now for the weekly report. Go ahead. Okay, let me tell you one of the big upheaval, folks. Okay. First of all, it really had to do a lot with this little morbidity and mortality weekly report. If you look at this report, look at the number of authors down here. You see all these authors down here? Yes. There's about 20 of them. Yes. When you do a conspiracy, folks, try to limit your conspirators to like half a dozen or less. The more conspirators you got, the more likely it is that somebody is going to tell the truth. Once all these people came out and saw the data, to really silence that story, you'd have to threaten all of them and persuade all of them to keep their mouth shut. Right. That's really kind of difficult to do. And so this story leaked out despite the best efforts, despite it being politically very embarrassing. Yes. Okay, so what does it say? Basically, all these people came to the same conclusion. What is, what is added by this report? that 74% of the cases occurred in fully vaccinated people. But see, and then we heard that and that's coming out everywhere. What are you- Now, now, now get a load of this. Are you ready? Only 69% of the people were fully vaccinated. It actually may, okay, there may be actually, it's either neutral or it increases the amount of transmission. Yes, so this vaccine is a super spreader to get people to get the vaccine. But what about... No, but, no, but here's, the, here's the other good point. Let's just go down through our diagrams because when you, when you read one of these real technical things, look for your diagrams. And you, you can see me now. All right, look at this diagram. Unvaccinated versus vaccinated. Oh, my God. Most of these people that are getting this are in the vac fully vaccinated column. Now, I want to tell you about this. If these people were really looking for a solution, they would have added fully vaccinated, unvaccinated, and people who had had it before. Look, you're screening about 700 people. Wouldn't you ask them, did you ever have a COVID infection before? I would. So you know, what about the ones that are reporting fully vaccinated and get right. COVID? Guess what? Are in they having number, symptoms? Are they still having symptoms and suffering, even though they uh, had the vaccine? They have a, a they have about the same, maybe a little less symptoms themselves personally, but the amount they're spreading is just as much. 
Dr. Jackson O'Pair said this. We were studying that another episode that uh, yeah. on a different show that Dr. Caxton has and he, another great colleague that really speaks the truth. And he mentioned that basically this is a placebo, this vaccine, that there's well, no study in the involved in it at all. And that basically this is not a vaccine. This is a prophylactic. Wow. This is just like HCQ or something else. So you're saying the symptoms are less, but, but, really but look, look, remember some of these bars in here, there's 700 cases there. What if the question that you wanted to answer was in this study in Massachusetts, did the people that had COVID before, did they ever turn positive in their mouth again? I think the answer to that is no. That means that the people who had natural infections before are not spreaders in the future. Does that make sense? That's true because- you, Yes, yes, that's right. Because COVID otherwise- time? Can you otherwise, get COVID? No, Mark, I yeah. want the question. Can we get COVID a second time? If you have a natural infection, it is highly unlikely, greater than 99%. Why are they saying that? What's that? Why aren't they saying that? That it's better to get? Now, these people have to think about their words. They have to think before they speak. If they tell people that natural infections were the best way to protect themselves, that will in, in encourage a lot of people to go get natural infections, to start huffing, inhaling directly. Okay. I don't, I have never told people just go out and huff. It's a lot more dangerous to inhale than to swallow. That's right. If you inhale vaccine and you don't have immune protection or don't develop it quickly, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But the CDC may have had fears that, that the public is too, dumbed down to comprehend that and can't get that message. This this is living evidence that the CDC should have been proceeding along an intestinal immune pathway, that they should have had attenuated live virus as a vaccine and they didn't do it. It is living proof that they should have used the original live virus from last year and they didn't do it. So this is just it's basically saying the same thing I said last, last October. You want to stop a mucosal disease on the mucosa. You don't want to, to fight that war inside your body where you're going to have more side effects. I mean, isn't that common? It's not common sense. But if you study it long enough, uh, the answer will dawn yeah, on you. Yeah, because if you inhale, let's just say, a poison, it's a lot worse than if you swallowed it because it could go through your intestine and you could... That's out. right. That's it. I can I can drink a quart of water, but I can't have four ounces of water in my lungs, or else I might drown of of uh, have a drowning. That's that's a great that's okay. a that, that's and a great. Here's point. the here's the other thing. People actually put out a thousand cc's a day of saliva. So if I even took ten cc's of saliva, which is a whole lot of spit. I mean, that's a whole, and in each CC, there may be a million live virus. That'd be like 10 million live viruses. It, I am only partaking in one hundredth of that person's overall dose that they're swallowing themselves in a single day. Wow. Imagine this, the very fact that many of the people are not dropping by like flies because they had exposure. A lot of those exposures were so small. 
they're on the order of one millionth. What, what about now we're hearing about children getting this variance very bad? Well, are they transmitting it or are they actually having symptoms from it? That's, that, those are two different. It, it, when, you, when you say get it very bad, is it, I wouldn't doubt that a child will be flaming hot, that he'll be, it, his mouth will be, you know, have very high titers of the virus. It would, it would convert instantly. Uh, your PCR would show that it's very, very high, high count. However, I would be very, the, the mortality, the death rate, the disease rate among children is so, going to be very so let, low. Let's, let's get off of the mortality. So mortality was what we're looking at, which we were looking at yeah. in the first form of the pandemic. Hospitalization so, is another spin word, right? We want yes. everyone to have health care, right? Yeah. We want let's everyone. Look, yeah. yeah. Let's look at what would happen to your kids, Neil. You have children, right? Yes. Do they go to public school? Yes. Or, or private school? They're going to public. Okay. When they go to public school, let's say you just, okay, honey, just get all the kids vaccinated. I don't care if you vaccinate all the way down to the six, one-year-old. Okay. So you and your wife have a big fight. I'm not, not saying that y'all did or anything like that. Let's say in ordinary families, there's this conflict, vaccinate, yeah. not vaccinate. And if you choose to say, you know, I just believe Biden, you know, get a vaccine and it'll all end, right? So your kids go to, to public school and in August, which is this month, they all start attending classes. What's gonna happen at class? It's gonna spread everywhere in class. Now are those silly masks that they, those surgical, they're not gonna stop it anyway, are they? No, they're not. So the surgical masks are not going to stop that spread in school. It's going to be all over that school. So by Before October, long, do you see a lockdown in this country? No, here's what's going to happen. Once all those children are positive in school, they're going to start to panic because they've taught these people to panic. So if you have five kids and three of them are, are all positive for COVID, and you voted for Biden, and you've been drinking the Kool-Aid, then what you're going to think is you're going to be real mad at somebody because you're going to think that somebody lied to you, okay? That's not, that's, that's just you're letting your feelings get out of control. I mean, you chose to believe who you wanted to believe, okay? Uh, most of the people at Pfizer Moderna never said they stopped transmission. You, the other people in media did. They acted that. They kept saying things over and over again to saturate your brain to try to convince you that you would stop transmission by getting your Pfizer and your Moderna and your AstraZeneca. But, but if you look at what the drug companies actually said, they didn't make that promise. No. Okay. So when your kids in public school and half of them or most of them in the entire class get positive, which may happen in August across the United States, and as one parent panics, She's going to call other parents and they're all going to go get their kids tested and they're all going to be positive. Um, not all of them, but a lot of them. Because it's a super spread. It's this, yeah, this it's a, it's a super spread it. event. And so what is going to be going on then? You're going to have a lot of backlash. You're going to have a lot of anger. You're going to have a lot of resentment. And, and so they're going to look at the people and said, but you told me this would all be over if I got vaccinated. You told me I would be protected. So you're thinking rebellion? No. You know, people in, I want to make real clear about this. The people in the United States have, are not starving. People who are not starving, they don't pick up a gun and riot. 
So you will you, never get so a large scale. Gonna, so you you'll, don't. You'll never the get a large scale uprising in this country unless no. you have widespread no. famine. The reason we have food stamps is so that we don't have hungry people that riot. So here's the not point. because not because the wealthy love the poor, which some wealthy people do love poor people. Here's the question. But, yeah. Okay, so the question is, what is going to happen? You don't anticipate a lockdown, just restriction. What about severe restrictions again? You know, here here's the the real. What these studies have shown in the last week is what we said eight, nine, 10 months ago. The vaccines would fail at pre preventing transmission. Transmission's going on. However, most people already have exposures. So the actual death rate of the Delta variant is very low in populations that already have widespread exposure. That exposure happened by accident, except in a few rare cases like me, who, who, who understood, who presented it to the government, who it was ignored by government. 90% uh, uh, of the people that have immune protection from severe side effects actually got it, got most of their protection from accidental exposure. But that's okay. I mean, uh, you don't, you're still dealing with a variant that on average would take you 17 days to kill you. So any type of learning and memory that you have from prior exposure gives you a little bit of edge and you don't fall in that worst case group. Okay. You might have fever, chills, and a little bit of cough, or you may have no, or you may be totally asymptomatic. One of the things we did was, I think, uh, if you look at the Missouri numbers, the death rate in Missouri is still crashed out. Even, even though the Delta wave went through Missouri, Actually, Delta wave went through Missouri in early June. Okay, so no lockdown. You anticipate no lockdown, no severe restrictions, even though they're pushing for it. Absolutely no, no lockdown. I think he has to act concerned. I think if Biden, from his point of view, has to act surprised and appalled. Because I will tell you this about Biden. Biden can't analyze data himself, okay? Trump was not a virologist. Biden's not a virologist. All these people depend on so-called experts, okay? Those experts, and those experts are really controlled by industry. They're looking at their long-term career. They're gonna make real conservative, whatever suits their career best. They're career people. Right. And so, there, when you have a new novel coronavirus that's spreading, you don't get very many people who just go right back to the physics and right back to the basics and say, I don't have to go by the rules. And in fact, I guess I haven't gone by many of the rules in classic, you know, I've really kind of, I've been a maverick. I've been an outsider. Right. Okay. But, so, but, but, right. but, you know, the accurate answers came from a maverick who was an outsider. And really, I wanted to say that, you know, if you looked at the history, it was almost obvious that what I said would work. And in fact, I, when I, I, I recommend the Canadian COVID Care Alliance group, they're up in uh, Canada, I think they do some great work, and encourage your regular doctor not to take his mask off, 
to get enough exposure to where he could take his mask off. Right now, we have doctors that had natural infections that when they walk in the ICU, if I walk into an ICU in a COVID ward and I'm not wearing my mask, the rest of the nurses will have it. The nurses will have a fit. They'll report me to administration for not wearing my mask in a COVID unit. They're going to do that because even though I'm not transmissible, because it makes one person look superior to the other. Well, you know, I am superior. If my immune system is superior and I've proven it over and over again, I can't get it. Why should I have to wear a mask in an ICU? And they don't. They forget that for years, you know, for years and years, we had infectious diseases. We learned how to develop an immunity and get over it. Go on with your life, for God's sakes. Uh, you didn't go into an ICU and see everybody look like a hazmat. hazmat. Gotcha. Yes, All right. Just, so, yeah. so as we close out every show, this is great. So great information today, again, about the vaccine, about you're hoping there's going to be little restrictions, but not a lockdown. I don't believe that's the case. I think they're going to try to get everyone to take the vaccine, regardless or, or else. We're going to find out. Uh, Mark is going to continue, Dr. Mark, it's probably never going to end until we have a oral vaccine. Is that correct? COVID disappearing. An oral vaccine is by far your best chance of getting the best protection and preventing transmission, as well as preventing serious symptoms to yourself. The public should be aware that the current cycle that we have is only fatal in very rare cases and usually only after 17 days. That variant is spreading around the world by billions of cases. Now, if that variant mutates into something that makes a neurotoxin, it will become a depopulating event where large portions of the population are eliminated. Okay. So if, if people are in countries where there's no exposure, there's a huge risk that they will finally be exposed to a very deadly variant when they've had no prior exposure at all. And, they, and those people may have a very bad, bad outcome. All right. And you close out every show with a positive note. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. You know, um, I'm alive today. And I need to do the most with what I have every day. Lord, teach me to number my days. My days are numbered. If you're alive, you have a purpose in your life. Don't be controlled by fear. Let decide what's your purpose in life and pursue it. Be thankful for the sunshine. Be thankful for all of God's blessings. And and put your trust in God. Put your trust in the truth. You know, men may change their spin on things, but the truth, it doesn't change. And the simple truth is, is that you're alive today because God has a plan for you. So go find God's purpose in your life and you do it. And don't be afraid of death. It's when my time comes, it's my time. All right. Y'all have a great day. All right, that was the COVID-19 vaccine show. Guys, go to antivirusair.com. Check out, just search COVID-19 vaccine show everywhere. Make sure you subscribe, like, share it with your friends and family because they are 
listening to Dr. Mark, you're not going to be as in fear as what the mainstream media is doing. Take care, guys. Thank you.